0: My dear brothers and sisters, whenever our Prophet ﷺ spoke, he would speak using the shortest of sentences. And this was so that all those who were present, listening to him, benefiting from him, could memorize, could understand what the Prophet ﷺ was trying to say. And among the statements of the Prophet وسلم, is the famous <laughs> statement found in Sahih Muslim which I'm sure every single one of us knows wherein the Prophet وسلم, said nasiha. religion is sincere advice so important is nasiha that Jarir عنه, reports In a narration found in Bukhari That when he gave Bayah Meaning the Pledge of Allegiance To the Prophet The Prophet Made him pledge That he should give Sincere advice to every single Muslim he finds Alhamdulillah The importance of nasiha is something which is easy to understand. We don't need to go into an in-depth explanation to understand the merits, the benefits, the virtues, all of these things. We know already. The problem, however, is that many of us are unable to make the distinction between offering a person nasiha and offering shame. From this point onwards Nasiha stops becoming Nasiha and it becomes an ugly word which we also know and recognize. Riba. No doubt there are some overriding benefits in mentioning faults. It is sometimes necessary to clarify mis- misrepresentations of the Quran and Sunnah especially. But even then we sometimes need to acknowledge that there is sometimes a fine line between criticizing the information and criticizing the speaker himself. In order to put things into perspective, let us consider the narration found in Bukhari, wherein the Prophet discourages the ridicule of a woman who committed zina, and this was shortly before being punished. Furthermore, in an advice given by Ibn Rajab, Rahmatullah, which was targeted towards someone who was criticizing him behind his back. The great scholar said, You do not really give me advice until you say to me in my face what I dislike. According to Imam an Nawi Rahmatullah, whenever the Salaf advised one another They would do so with the utmost sincerity in their hearts. And at times they would sacrifice their own personal interests for the sake of giving nasiha. For many of us, you know, in the various Islamic communities all over Australia, nasiha is simply taking a person one peg down. Hurting him or her by manipulating the perception of other people so that it could be said that there's something wrong with this person. If you have a particular problem with a person, take it to that person. The worst thing that you can probably do is air your resentment to everyone else. Take your dirty laundry and show it to everyone else. And this is generally motivated by the fact that the person who does this he wants to get the upper hand. Or in some cases, it's simply payback for something that happened in the past. Such a person deals with personal grievances like a politician. It's a dirty thing. On this point, Al-Fudail ibn Yayad, who was one of the greatest Zuhad of his time, he said, the believer conceals the sin and advises the person. Whilst the evildoer exposes the sin and disgraces the person. So finally, whenever you hear a person behaving in such a way consistent with what we have described, what should you do? You should remind him of his duty to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You should remind him of the rights his brother has on him. Why? If this does not occur in the life of this world, then definitely it is going to be taking place elsewhere. Where? In the Akhirah. On one occasion the Prophet ﷺ asked his companions, Radiallahu Anhum, Do you know who the bankrupt person is? أَتَدْرُونَ مَنِ الْمُفْلِسِ The companions, رضي الله عنهم, responded, أَلْمُفْلِسُ فِينا مَنْ لَا Dirham لَهُ وَلَا متاع. According to this narration Sahih Muslim. He is the one who has no money, nor does he have any belongings. The Prophet ﷺ then explains, the مُفْلِس is the one that comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on Yom al qiyamah with salah with Siam, with zakah but he has insulted this person he has slandered this person he has devoured the wealth of that person he has hit this person and because of this all of his hasanat are spread out not just that they are divided for all those whom he has harmed. Every single last one of them. His hasanat don't even belong to him. SubhanAllah. In the end, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he not make us amongst such terrible individuals who have such a terrible fate in the Akhirah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to benefit us in terms of our good deeds, Amen. to save our good deeds rather than sacrificing them for silly reasons aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah In alhamdulillah was salatu was salam ala rasulillah wa Some of the scholars have stated that ghiba does not place, take place except in 6 circumstances and they include complaining about mistreatment, identifying a person for example saying that person who is bold etc warning about a person highlighting evil practices you know perhaps seeking an answer to a question aiding someone in removing harm in these particular circumstances when there is a noble or innocent intention there is usually little or no harm. When the intention becomes corrupt, however, we find that the act itself becomes corrupt. We find that a person creates fitna through the cloak of nasiha. And their example is like the one who seeks to avoid riba using legal tricks and devices. At the end of the day, he's still committing riba, but it's obscured to the people's eyes. He's achieving the same thing. The only difference is that it's less obvious. And this, of course, goes back to the statement of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, al-a'malu bin niyat, in the narration, bin niyat. <coughs> what are we trying to achieve with our statements, with our speech? Our speech can sometimes be a blessing. We can recite Qur'an, we can say the most beautiful things, we can encourage people, we can motivate people to do good. Or, we can do the exact opposite. Push them away from Islam, push them away from the Masajid, push them away from brotherhood. In order to understand the seriousness of the problem, let us listen to our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Whoever has wronged his brother with regard to his honor or anything else, let him seek forgiveness on this day. He should do so before there will be no dinar or any dirham. And if he has any good deeds to his credit, they will be taken from him to pay for the wrong which he committed in the life of this world. And if he has no good deeds, then some of the deeds for which he created problems will be taken away and added to his own evil deeds. End of the statement. Subhanallah. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, rahmatullah he said, whoever wrongs a person by slandering him, backbiting him, insulting him, then repents, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will of course accept his repentance but if the one who has wronged finds out what what was said how he was slandered in the first place he has the right to settle the score subhanallah huge right again let us be clear it is better that the matter be settled in the life of this world that an apology be offered For if it is not, then most assuredly, definitely, it will be offered in the akhirah. In a hadith found in Sahih Muslim, it is narrated that when the people of paradise cross the Sirat and stand on a bridge between paradise and hell, they will settle their scores with one another. And when they are cleansed and purified, only then Will they be given permission to enter paradise? SubhanAllah. With, with this we end and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to save us from the fitna of this world and the fitna of the akhirah.